Conquistadores have been trying to find the secret to life all over the Americas, but it's found in the Bible. Let's talk about it on this episode of Inverse. Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. Whether it be the cities of gold or the fountain of youth, there has been the search for eternal life all throughout history. And today we're going to read the Bible that talks about the tree of life, the ultimate battery charger for human life. My name is Justin Kim, and you're watching Inverse. And in the studio, we have Israel and Jonathan and Siku. I want to say hi to you guys. Hi, hi to you too. I want to say thank you for being with us for, what, 13 weeks now. Yeah. And uh, also our, our other two friends, uh, Callie and Sebastian. And we've gone through quite the trip through this beyond death topic. And we want to say uh, thank you to you for those of you who have been with us each episode. We want to encourage you to go to inversebible.org if this is your first time watching and follow along with us in our Bible study guides on the topic of beyond death. This is our last episode on this topic and it's called The Right to the Tree of Life. We're going to go to Genesis chapter 3 and uh, after, we read, after we have a word of prayer. So Siku, can you pray for us? Sure. Let us pray. Our loving Father, we're thankful for the gift of life. We're thankful that you preserve us, that you sustain us. And we pray that as we read your word now, that we would um, have an experience that would enhance our lives. Um, we pray that we could understand through the gift of your Holy Spirit teaching our minds and helping us to um, read your word. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 All right, we're going to read uh, chapter 3 of Genesis, and we'll start from verse 22 in Israel. Sure. Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us, to know good and evil. And now, lest he put his hand and take also of the tree of life, and eat and live forever, therefore the Lord sent him out of the garden of Eden to till the ground from which he was taken. So he drove out the man and placed cherubim at the east of the garden of the uh, at the east of the garden of Eden, and a flaming sword which turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. Yeah, thanks. Uh, Jonathan, I know many of, our, many of us are familiar with uh, the story of the Garden of Eden. Mm -hmm. uh, we did start off uh, in chapter 3, uh, but we didn't really finish till the end. And maybe can you give us a recap of chapter 3 and then bring us um, an up to date to verse 22? Sure. So in chapter 3, we are right after the creation account. Mm -hmm. Everything's perfect. Garden of Eden is made for uh, mankind to thrive and live in and, 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 and grow it and uh, even grow the borders of the garden and uh, make the whole world like the Garden of Eden. That was the original intent that God had for His people. And then, uh, unfortunately, in Genesis chapter 3, we see the story of Satan mm. in the form of a snake mm. uh, deceiving mankind and, and uh, through lies and deception and trickery and lie, yeah, all these things is uh, leading them to, to choose to disobey God. And, uh, you know, as Adam and Eve, they had a right to the tree of life, which mm. was, which is mentioned here, which is a, a, a life-giving uh, tree. Uh, and they, they were supposed to live forever, mm -hmm. right? Uh, but because of sin, uh, sin um, leads to death. Sin is destruction. Uh, God had to make a change here. But before he did, in the chapter 3, we actually see uh, the gospel message presented. If you want to okay. read it real yeah, quick. Yeah, for sure. In Genesis Go 3, verse 15. Yeah. Um, God here speaks and says, um, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. 
and he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. God is speaking here to Satan um, and is saying in a very you know, prophetic, poetic way that this is not the end of the story. Mm -hmm. uh, there will be um, a change. In fact, you will be destroyed. Satan, you will be destroyed. Mm -hmm. uh, in the process, there will be pain and sacrifice, which is, it's, it's a prophetic uh, exclamation here about the Messiah. Yeah. Uh, so there is hope. A proto-gospel. Yeah, the proto-evangelion. Yeah, yeah the, the gospel here. And, and, and here hope is injected. Uh, uh, redemption is offered. And, uh, but there are consequences to the decision mm. that Adam and Eve made. And so these consequences are now laid out in verse 22 to 24 that we just read, um, that Adam and Eve no longer will have access to the Garden of Eden mm. and the Tree of Life mm -hmm. that's in the midst of it. There's two things, that, that, the two questions that pop in my mind. So, Siku, can you share more about when God says, in day you eat of it, you shall surely die. They didn't surely die. Mm. Uh, what, what was God going on there? And then second, and we can, in Israel, if you can share, mm -hmm. uh, God kicked them out. You know, why? why? Why would God kick them out? Siku. Um, so, in the day of it, you eat of it, you shall surely die. You know, I, th I think one of the things is when we think about death, it's like, okay, the cessation of life, which is what we have been discussing. Yeah. Um, but Adam and Eve lost, there was, there was death that did come into the world when they died. Mm -hmm. um, the nature, you know, began to experience decay mm -hmm. and dying. Mm -hmm. And even in their human experience, you know, the relationship between Adam and Eve from what, what Jonathan was just going through, the relationship, there was, there was a, a loss of trust mm -hmm. and um, a breakdown in that relationship. There was a, a, an emotional death that happened. So death, even though they physically were still walking around, but they were dead men walking mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. um, and so Death, what death brought with it was not just the cessation. So death has now arrived on the scene. Death has now arrived on the scene. Things now slowly yeah. die. Right, and oh, that's yeah. where you, you get suffering beginning, yeah. like the pain, the experience mm -hmm. of pain and all these things came with that, that, that consequence of death mm. embodies all of those things. Mm -hmm. And that began the day that they sinned. Mm -hmm. They began to experience mm -hmm. the, the result of, of their choice. If I can just yeah, add to that, sure. though, if, if we quickly go to Revelation chapter 13, Revelation to the other the end of the Bible, side. Revelation 13, 13 verse 8, um, eight. And, and the last part, I just want to bring out the last part real quick in, in connection to what Siku was saying. It says here that, uh, well, let me read the whole thing. All who dwell on the earth will worship him whose names have not been written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Mm -hmm. Here it is talking about uh, the book of life of the Lamb slain, that's Jesus, from the foundation of the world. This is an interesting statement because it's mm -hmm. saying that from the foundation of the world, from the beginning, yeah. uh, Jesus Christ was slain. Now, that's, we know that that didn't happen this way. It happened 2,000 years ago. Mm -hmm. And so what we see here, though, is that as soon as there was sin, there was a Savior. Mm -hmm. As soon as uh, Adam and Eve made that choice, they should have died immediately. Yes. Mm -hmm. But because, they, because Jesus stepped in and said, promised, here what we just read in, in Genesis 3.15, I will make an end, uh, I, will, uh, I will find a solution, a legal solution to give you an opportunity to be saved. Yeah. There is now a time of grace where it's possible for individuals to, to be saved. So while they were supposed to die right away, this process is now uh, slowed down, so to say, mm -hmm. because there is another opportunity for them. Well, there's a, there's a, a life of probation was immediately instilled. And yes. That's the beauty of the gospel. You know, to me, the image that comes into my mind is the fact that as soon as Adam and Eve sin, mm -hmm. death is supposed to happen immediately. But Jesus stands between mm -hmm. the punishment and humanity. And he says, let their punishment fall upon oh, me. I will pay for that. Mm -hmm. And it is because of that, that humanity was immediately, instantaneously, there was already a plan in place 
for them to immediately have a life of probation to live and to go back and to have the opportunity to accept the yeah. grace of the gospel mm. in their lives. But what Siku also said is incredible. It's, it, it's important to, uh, to understand, and that is that we, humanity lost a lot, even more than life itself, when, it, when we sinned. How so? Because it was God's purpose from the very beginning for us to reflect the image of God. Mm. And that image, the reflection of the image of God is something that required the total human being, mm -hmm. the mental, physical, and emotional capacity or spiritual capacity. And it also required an eternity for us to be able to experience that. Mm. And so the moment that sin was introduced and then eternity was no longer a possibility, in this way, we began to die. Secondly, the image of God was marred. Our, immediately, our mental capacities were dimmed. Our spiritual eyesight was dimmed, right? Our wisdom, everything that we, that we, we began to weaken, uh, physically speaking. And so the image of God was marred mentally, physically, and spiritually. We no longer trusted God. We're no longer able to see His love in, cre in His creation. We no longer... Trust each other. Yeah. There's, so all of these things had an immediate impact that now, through a life of probation, we had to now experience, whereas before we experienced by sight, now we must experience by faith. Mm -hmm. That happened immediately, but the grace of God, as Jonathan said, stood between humanity and uh, the, the divine wrath to be able to block instantaneous death. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, Israel, share with us, uh, why, 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 God, why did God kick out Adam and Eve? Yeah. Share with us that aspect. In, well. in, in our text in uh, uh, Genesis chapter 3, verse 22, it says, God is having a conversation. There's two reasons that jump out at me here. It says, Behold, the man has become like one of us to know good and evil. And now, lest he put his hand and take of the tree of life and live forever, God does not want there to be an eternal... Uh, um, in, in, God does not want, want to have uh, humanity living eternally with the introduction of sin or living in sin, left to their own devices, right? Mm -hmm. So that's number one. There needs to be an end to sin. There needs to be an end to sin. And secondly, it says, Therefore God sent him out of the Garden of Eden to till the ground which he was taken from, mm -hmm. uh, in verse 23. So there's another reason there, and that is that it was critical to humanity's salvation for, 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 for Adam to learn to till the ground. There was an experience that was necessary outside of the Garden of Eden in order for them to come back into the Garden of Eden. And that required the tilling of the ground or the development of a character, uh, the, 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 the process of struggling in life in order for them to be able to gain access back into, into, uh, into eternity. Well, and, and that struggle was pointing them to the need of a Savior. Yeah. It was not that they could work themselves back into sure, the Garden, but it was like point, yeah. God was, was yeah, yeah, trying yeah. to help them understand and this is what we're all experiencing in this life, that we need to realize we need the Savior so that we can put our trust in Him because that was the trust that was broken in the garden when they went to the yeah. tree. Mm -hmm. So, uh, uh, really, really powerful lesson there. I appreciate mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. and it, you know, it's interesting, just backtracking to 22, mm -hmm. um, what the implication of what that verse, verse is saying. It says that, that if they put their hand and they ate of the tree of life, hmm. that they would continue to live, right? Mm -hmm. And it, I mean, it, the implication is that they needed to continue to eat from that tree of life, even while they were in the Garden of Eden, mm. in order to live. Like we have the introduction of the tree of life in Genesis chapter two. It's not something that miraculously appeared after they sinned. So that built into the way that God created Adam and Eve was the intentionality that they will eat for sustenance. And in particular for, for the immortal life experience that they would eat specifically from this tree, which was called the tree of life. Mm. Um, that speaks to me 
that even in perfection, Adam and Eve had to recognize a dependence yeah. upon God mm. and upon obeying God's word. Mm. Because on the one hand, don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil or you will die. On the other hand, continue eat, to eat, continue yeah. to eat from mm -hmm. this one, right? So there was the injunction not to do, but there was also the command to do mm -hmm. in order to perpetuate life. And, and even in time eternal, uh, for life to continue, there has to be that abiding trust in God's word, which results in a life of obedience, mm. right? So in obedience, that's where you find yes. that that's the key to actually having eternal life is obeying God's word that he has told you already. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. very in interesting to see the connection between spirituality and and eating and diet. You mm -hmm. know, this is something that, that some people make fun of, but there is, there is from the beginning and also in Revelation, there is a deep connection between the two there. Mm -hmm. mm. Well, we're gonna take a break right now. So when we come back, we're gonna look at what does this have to do with this battery charging component of the Tree of Life in heaven? So stay with us. Has Inverse been a blessing to you? Do you have questions, comments, or feedback you'd like to leave us? Find us on social media by searching Inverse Bible on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. While there, join us, like us, heart us, thumbs up us. Our handle again is Inverse Bible, no spaces. Now, back to the discussion. Hey, welcome back. We're in Genesis chapter 3, and we're talking about this tree of knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life in the Garden of Eden, and they were to continually go to these two trees and then make a decision and to choose life every single time. And this is, they were exposed to, uh, every time they had to go to the tree of life, they had to encounter the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And mm -hmm. so, uh, very interesting dynamics. Any other observations that you see in Genesis 3 here? Well, Israel? I, to, to emphasize the point that Siegel was just making, you know, obedience was what brought life to Adam and Eve. Mm -hmm. And the constant obedience, or, or the, the constant reminder of the Word of God is what was keeping Adam and Eve alive. And it, it, was, a, it was that God had chosen the medium of the tree to be, the, the, the way by which they received life, but I think it's important for us to always remember that it is obedience to the Word of God that brought life mm -hmm. then mm -hmm. in perfection, that brings life now, mm -hmm. and that will forever bring life in the future. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I want to go to Isaiah 66, uh, verse 23. Interesting uh, passage there. Isaiah 66, 23. It says we, that it shall come to pass that from one new moon to another and from one Sabbath to another, all flesh shall come to worship before me, says the Lord. It's very interesting that when we're in heaven, we're still going to come back to the Lord. Mm -hmm. And it says every, every uh, Sabbath and also from one new moon to another. Mm -hmm. uh, do, is there a, 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 there's a continual effect of coming to mm -hmm. this tree of knowledge, a tree, tree of knowledge, tree of tree life, life, even in heaven? We're going to have that component. I guess the question is, there's a lot of curiosity that comes to my mind. Is like once you eat the uh, the tree, uh, I mean, this is a technical question, right? And we'll find out when we go to heaven. But like, how how long does the effect go for? How long? I mean, you know, it's like a battery component. You know, we have our iPhones, and you know, with our Androids, we can go for long days. But for an iPhone, we can only go for a day. So how effective is this battery? Is are some of the questions that that I have uh, when it comes to the tree of life. Mm. Any other observations that you see from, from this? Uh, yes. I, I, I just wanted to point out, like, yes. like you're saying, that the, this necessity of continually coming um, to the tree of life. Yes. In the, new, in the earth made new, you know, like after everything has been perfected again. Um, I think that's, that's 
crucial because our experience now, you know, of Christianity, of our relationship with God is a continual coming to Him. Mm. Like every day we need to come and, re and surrender our lives to Him mm. again and again. Mm. And I remember when I was young in my Christian walk, I, I felt like, okay, I've committed myself to you. Like, okay, I should be good. You know, I should be golden now, you know. Um, and sometimes like, even the struggles that we go through are a reminder that, hey, I need Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. And it was frustrating to me, especially in the beginning, because I'm like, well, I committed myself to you, like why, why I should be perfect. Mm -hmm. And my picture of perfection was not needing to come to God, mm -hmm. right? Independence. Right. But what this is teaching is that perfection is a dependence. perfect dependence yeah. upon God. Yeah. And so in, when everything is made perfect, we, we recognize perfectly that we need to come to him and we are constantly depending upon him and that is actually where perfection lies so this coming to the tree of life i believe like even in the garden of eden and in the earth made new is a constant reminder that we need to continue to come to god in dependence upon mm -hmm. him mm -hmm. and that is where life is sustained mm -hmm. is in that relationship with him mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. there's a if, there's a, a passage in uh, the book of psalms it, okay. uh, that i think brings to light something that uh, Siku saying that also impacted me. Or in um, Psalms? Psalm, Psalm 1. Oh, Psalm 1. Yeah. And, and uh, this, this, idea of, this idea of continually abiding with Christ mm -hmm. or abiding in Christ is something that is taught throughout the whole of Scripture. Here it says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Uh, and then in verse 3, it talks about the, what, what the righteous man looks like. It says, He shall be like a tree that is planted by the rivers of water and brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf shall not wither, and whatever he does will prosper. The, the picture of the, of the tree here is a, is a picture of a tree that is connected to, that it's by a river of water, meaning mm -hmm. that there's a constant source, a constant source of energy or life that is, that is um, feeding the tree. Right. And in a similar way, that is what I think uh, what Siku so eloquently said is our, when, when we reach this constant, when we reach perfection, we've come to the point where we are, where we recognize our constant need and dependence upon God, mm -hmm. just like this tree is dependent upon the source of water. And then the result of that, right, mm -hmm. that we bring our fruit in our in our due season. And we find this theme of constantly connecting with Christ, continually connecting with Christ throughout all of Scripture. And I think that that is the, the privilege that we have, right? The privilege of experiencing that now by faith and then being able to experience that mm -hmm. in reality. Yeah. By if, if we can just uh, support that in John 15, if you want to go there real 15. quick. John 15 and verse 4, um, Jesus talks. Four. Yep. Uh, he says, Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Mm -hmm. So that same concept is reiterated by, by Jesus uh, saying, you know, abide in me, stay connected with me, and you will bear fruit. The Holy Spirit will bring out, all, you know, the fruit of the Spirit. And it is this, this constant connection that, will, um, that is transformative on this side of heaven. But even then, in perfection, there is still growth. We're not just mm -hmm. going to go to heaven and be like, That's a good point. We're, 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 we're done. The, the fact that we have to continue to eat of the tree of life shows that there is still, there's still growth. There's still, uh, there's still so much that can happen um, in the sense of a deepening that, that perf per perfection, if you want to say it. It's not a, a, a state that we reach. It is a continual experience of, of growing in love, growing in knowledge of God. 
Uh, and it's beautiful because we, we studied earlier in this quarter uh, about the judgment. Mm. And through the judgment process, we as individuals and the whole universe will realize that God is good, that God is love. And so that obedience and that continual dependence on God is not going to be, you know, a slave soul to our master. We have to do whatever you say and follow your will. No, it's like we will, we, we will be in heaven because we want to be in heaven. Mm -hmm. We will be obedient because we want to be obedient. Why? Because God is love, because God is, God is truth, God is good. And we have seen that through the judgment. There is no more questions. There's right. no, more, uh, in, no more questioning his character or his intentions. And so the, the, the tree of life and eating of it, partaking of it, becomes an illustration of that reality. Um, so it's much more than just eating a fruit. It, 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 it implies the whole relationship and everything that comes mm -hmm. with it. I love the way that you said that we're in con con continual growth. Yes. I think sin has so mangled our minds on this earth that mm -hmm. we expect that it's, you know, eternal growth is a hard concept, right? Mm -hmm. Like we just think, hey, we grow, we get older and we die. You know, a tree gets, there's, there's a stage and then there's a stage <laughs> of, 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 of decay. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, I mean, just even when we see a tree that's like 800 years old, we're like, wow, that's so mm -hmm. crazy. But just imagine perpetual growth and that's the intention. Yeah. That's, that was the normal default setting for yeah. humanity. Yeah. And we're getting back to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you meant it. I, I just wanted to underscore the point that Jonathan made about choice, mm -hmm. right? Um, that that there's there's choice that is inherent in this experience of yes. how we're going to have life in the mm -hmm. future. I remember when I learned about sin not rising again after Jesus comes, like sin will not never rise again. And and I thought when I first heard it, I thought that that means there'll be no option to sin mm -hmm. any longer. But it's not that sin sin doesn't rise again, not because there's no option to sin, but because everyone who goes into the kingdom has made a choice, mm -hmm. right? And we have chosen in, in spite of, you know, having all the choices around us, in spite of having social media yeah. and constant bombardment of whatever, I'm choosing every day on this earth during this probationary life, I am making a choice, constantly choosing that. I want God, I want yeah. God, I want God. Yeah. I want to depend on Him, I want to depend on Him. So when we get to heaven, that's the choice that I have made, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. that choice continues yeah. through eternity. And if ever I'm tempted to choose otherwise, I'm like, I don't want to go back there. Right, right. I choose to continue to obey. Right. So sin will not rise up again because those who are redeemed, those mm -hmm. who, having gone through this crazy experience, having had loved ones passed away, mm -hmm. uh, pass away and they're not in the kingdom or whatever, I'm going to be in heaven and I choose to be here. Mm -hmm. You know, I choose to have this relationship with God. And that's, I think that's, why this whole fiasco we're in, why God has permitted it to go on. It's a fundamental a presupposition through this all. Yeah, right. I, I appreciate that underscoring. You know, Siko, I don't know how many times there are, there are people that I've talked to who say that, you know what, God will change me when I get to heaven, right? right? Mm. And when God changes me there, then He will allow me to sin and it allows me, the supernatural power will come upon me. I will be converted by, but I just, when I get to heaven, that'll happen. Mm. But the ordering of it is totally incorrect, right? Mm -hmm. He does that now mm -hmm. and we learn to choose Him now and when we go to heaven, it's just a natural extension of what we would have done. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, it's uh, affliction will not come at a second time because we won't want it, not because God has miraculously made it so in the future. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Another thing to point out is that the partaking of the tree of, of life, it's a constant, not only is it a constant reminder of where life comes from, but it's also a, a, a perpetual decision mm. that we make. Mm. Yes. We choose life. We choose life. Every time we come to it, we are making a decision to partake of life. Why is this decision important? Because 
the last 6,000 years have taught us that we tend to choose death. I mean, that's kind of our go-to default. We tend to do things that we do not, uh, that, that will not ultimately value us. Once we've experienced a transformation of life, a transformation of mind and spirit and body, then we will have the opportunity, even in a perfect world, we will have an opportunity to recognize where our life comes from, and then we will also have a perpetual privilege and opportunity to choose life mm. over and over and over again. Hey, tell me, guys, like, what do you tell what do you tell someone who say, you know, like, hey, we're in decay, we used to live for like a thousand years, but now we're like, you know, but like, hey, but in the last couple decades or so, you know, the average age was like, you know, 30 or, or 50, 40, 30, but now it's going back up, and mm -hmm. and isn't there hope, and isn't there through progress and through human human, you know, development or whatever, aren't we getting better? Aren't we living longer and happier mm -hmm. lives? What do you what what, do you, what can we say to them? I think that we are living longer lives than we were in the past. You know, now are we having better life or is, is life equated to living? I think that's where the challenge comes into play. Mm -hmm. You know, I think the, the fact that we live longer does not make us happier people, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. There is actually, uh, I had the privilege of pastoring uh, for years in, in Michigan. And I remember visiting someone in a nursing home and one of our church members, and she was now more than 100 years old. Mm. And she was still, you know, in her, in her strong mind, whatever. And as we were talking, I remember her saying to me, I wonder why God has kept me alive for so long. Mm. Like she reached a point in her life where she wanted to die, mm -hmm. but she was just alive because God kept her alive. Mm -hmm. And so the, the whole point is that it's not enough to live long lives, mm -hmm. but exactly. the quality of life is the critical component. And what Jesus is promising is not just longer living, but better living, yeah, and that's the oh, the bingo. point of, oh, man, that's of, good. The, that's good. of the tree that's of good. life. Man, we gotta that's that's, that's tweetable. That's that's quotable. <laughs> that's, that's awesome, awesome. Yeah, no, uh, the the length of life has definitely increased, but the quality of life. Yeah. We're just living longer with chronic diseases right. that don't kill us as fast as right. as we used to. But there's this. If you can go real quick to John 17, John 17, verse three, verse three, uh, along the lines of what was said. Three. Yep. It says, "And this is eternal life." Jesus is speaking that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Jesus defines here eternal life not by the quantity of living forever, but by the quality of knowledge of God, mm -hmm. having a relationship with Him. Mm -hmm. uh, keeping that in mind and understanding this is so beautiful because it shows you that you can have the quality of eternity right now. Mm -hmm. If you know Jesus, you know you can have it now. Of course, it will now. be more glorified and, and more visually, you know, uh, visible when we get to heaven, but you can have it now. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, partaking of the tree of life in a way, by faith is taking place already now mm -hmm. because we're partaking of Jesus mm -hmm. by having a relationship with Him and it will continue as we, you know, whether we see Him in our lifetime or we are resurrected, you know, that the physical act of eating that fruit will be a physical representation of that deeper reality. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Ultimately, the tree of life points to the cross. You know, Lord Jesus was crucified upon a tree, and yes. the tree gives, is a fountain that gives forth life to, to all of us. Um, just really quick, uh, we, we've had a great, great, great quarter. And uh, what are some quick takeaways that you will, you will have from, uh, from this last 14 weeks on this beyond death uh, topic? Yeah. Jesus holds the keys to the grave. He is life, He, he gives life, and He will be the source of life mm -hmm. from now Siku? to eternity. That's all I want to say. Yeah. Yeah. He's the resurrection and the Jonathan? life. Yeah, me too, but uh, I want to add to that that God is good and that He's good. fair, uh, that He will judge fairly. God is good. Amen. We want to hear from your comments of what, is your, what are your takeaways from the last 14 weeks. We want to say thank you for joining us for the last 13, 14 weeks on the topic of death. We're going to now enter our next topic on the topic of giving and the givers on the topics of narratives on stewardship. So you don't want to miss those. We'll see you next week.
here in Inverse. You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jonathan Walter, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by The Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag InverseBible. Until next time, this is inverse.